Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 342, Psychology of the Exceptional Child. I hope you listen and enjoy. We are doing um, Psych 342, Psych of the Exceptional Child, and we're on um, Class 7, and we're going to talk today about the different visual disorders, and we're also going to talk about those children who are gifted today. Um, So, um, we'll look over the definition of visual disorders and the classification for gifted as well, and um, then we're going to look at a little bit about prevalence numbers. Um, obviously, when we talk about visual disorders, we are going to have to talk a little bit about how the eye is made. Um, we'll look at how to identify the two areas that we're talking about today. Causes, especially the visual, um, different characteristics. And our objectives are just going to be able to examine that eye. God created the eye. It's a really remarkable um, structure and generally works quite well, but we do see sometimes some issues. Um, We'll look at the definition of visual disorders. Um, Hopefully you'll be able to recognize a child who would have visual impairments. If they're blind, um, their parents should figure this out pretty quickly. I mean, at least by year, you know, you you can tell a child's blind. Um, Visual impairments, they may go quite a bit longer, and so that's gonna be one of our goals, um, is that you would know what to look for. Um, we're going to look at the difference in a biblical definition of giftedness, um, and we're going to look at it as the we use the term in the world, which is usually more of an educationally gifted term, um, and also what are characteristics that you might see in those who are intellectually gifted. And there's actually a real big difference between those who are academically talented and make good grades and those who are intellectually gifted and who may also make good grades, but they might not. Um, And we want to make sure that we look at that so that you'll be able to tell the difference in those things. Um, So our verses today are going to be um, from Isaiah. We have chapter 42, 16, um, Leviticus 19, 14, and 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Um, We're going to start with the visual impairments, as we mentioned. So here's kind of a classification if you've got what we consider to be the standard for uh, visual acuity, and acuity is your clearness of vision, you would have uh, 20-20 vision, and, and you've most likely heard that term before. And what it means is that if you are 20 feet away from something, it appears to be um, 20 feet away. It's in perfect focus at 20 feet away. So that's kind of the standard for what we are looking for. Um, if you have 2070, meaning you're 20 feet away from the wall, but it appears to you like it's 70 feet back, um, that would get you services in a public school for special ed. Now, you're really not supposed to be driving if you're 20, 50, or anything less, like 70 would be less. Um, so you'll see pe- people who are functioning and doing things, um, managing with large print maybe, um, although large print is a, a special ed service. Um, so these would be children who would be in your local schools. Um, for state schools for the blind, at least in Mississippi, I'm assuming this is true for other states. Um, I actually didn't check on it, but it's 2,800 here. So you'll see that even though um, they're not blind, they're not seeing very well because that, you know, while they're looking at it maybe looks like it's 100 feet back. So 
They're very, very impaired in their vision. They're going to need a lot of help educationally. Now, your visual field's a little different. Um, if you remember your degrees when you looked at like the circles and such, um, if you're looking straight ahead and that's, you know, where your focus and your attention is looking at acuity, the visual field is what you see on either side of you. And generally, most average folks have somewhere between 140 degrees to 180 degrees. So if you held your hands straight out side to side um, and you wiggled your fingers, you would be at 180 degrees as you're looking straight ahead. And you probably might notice a little bit of wiggle. Um, you know, and you just kind of come in and come in and come in until you can kind of see um, how much vision you have. So if you have less than 90 degrees total, um, you know, which would be about 45 on either side probably um, for most folks, it's called tunnel vision and you're missing a good bit um, of peripheral vision on the side. And so you have to be very cautious um, in terms of things like, you know, turning, even, I mean, you don't necessarily have to be driving. Um, I've lost a little bit of peripheral vision. I've had a lot of eye surgeries. So people can stand to the side of me and I don't see them. And if I were to turn real fast, I'd walk right into them. And that can be a problem. So you have to be real careful with that. Um, obviously, if it gets a little bit smaller, that's even worse. Um, I had one student with a visual field of one letter. So she could really only see like a pinprick amount of information. Um, when it comes to definition and classification, we have a legal definition, and they use the term legally blind, which you may have heard before. If you're legally blind, you really, um, you know, it causes issues like with driving and things. Um, so what that would be is that you would have visual acuity in your best eye. Now, eyes don't necessarily match, just like the ears don't. So you may have one eye that sees really well and the other eye that doesn't, or they may be, you know, just a little bit off. All right, so note what we've got is the best eye we have, we have corrected it. We've got glasses on the face, and these are not kids who are going to wear contacts. And they are only coming up to 2200. All right, so that's the best we can get. They're not getting anywhere close to 2020. Um, and clearly that is going to cause quite a bit of difficulty in terms of navigating, reading, those kinds of things. All right. If they don't have that acuity, then they have to have a field of vision less than 20 degrees. So they're seeing just a tiny little slice of information right in front of their face. That's possibly very clear. Usually, though, it's not. Um, and for the term visually impaired, we're seeing a person who has acuity somewhere between 27, do you remember that would be what our special ed um, schools would take, um, and 2200. And that, again, is with correction. So we've already done the best we can to fix the problem, and you're, you have those glasses on, and you still can't see any better than that. And a visual field somewhere between 70 degrees and 20 degrees. So we're still struggling here. It's not as bad as the term legally blind, but it's definitely um, a good impairment in terms of functioning in the environment. All right. Educationally, we use a little bit different definitions than the legal definitions that are out there. And what we're looking at more is your functional vision and how well you actually use the vision that you do have. And so some folks function very, very well, even with relatively limited sight. Um, if they're blind, they are severe enough in their um, vision 
that they're not going to be able to really benefit from the larger prints that we have available. We have large print, we have giant print. But they're going to have to read Braille because there's just no way, even with the very, very big print, that they're going to be able to see that. And so that's what we're calling blind when we're dealing with a school. Now, some of the folks we call blind do see something. All right. And it is okay to use terms like I'll see you later. So don't worry about um, terminology there. We also use the term low vision. And those are some who can read print. Um, they're not going to be able to read your standard, you know, 12 to 14 font print, but we can go with the large print, the giant print, and then there's really magnified print. Some of the computer screens now can really get the font up very, very big, which allows some folks to be able to read possibly just upon a computer screen. All right. Um, you see this a lot more in adults, as you can see, it's 10 times more prevalent as people age. Um, there are some issues that, that oftentimes occur within the eyes, um, and those cause some of these visual impairments that maybe they didn't have as a child. But when we're talking about the, the traditional school-age kids, so 6 to 17-year-olds, you'll note that it's actually very small. It's just a half of a well, actually that's 0.05%, so it's even less than a half of a percent. Um, it is really one of the rarest disabilities that we see in young children. So it's considered a low incidence disorder, um, and it's one of the more severe ones, particularly if we're talking about blindness. And if we're just talking about standard visual impairments, it's not quite that difficult. All right, so let's kind of look at the eye. Um, what we see are um, physical objects in our environment. So we might be looking at a, a tree or a flower, dog, something like that. Um, it gets coated into electrical impulses that are going to go into our brain through the optic nerve of our eye. Passes first through the cornea, which is the clear covering over the white part and the colored part of your eye. And the cornea is responsible for 70% of your focus and ability. So um, if there's malformations there, you can see a lot of times difficulties with vision. Um, You've probably heard of people having cornea transplants um, to, to kind of replace a cornea that really isn't functioning very well with one that's better. Um, if they do LASIK surgery, that's where they're working is on your cornea. Um, the aqueous humor is a little bit of fluid that is right behind the cornea and kind of surrounding your, your pupil. And it's there as a protective mechanism um, for your eye. Just kind of something comes at your eye that that's... Um, fluid. So when it hits it, it kind of bounces off and usually you don't have too much trouble. The pupil is the opening in your eye that will enlarge um, when there's less light and kind of um, constrict when you have a lot of light and it's just allowing in the, the hopefully the proper amount of light that you need. The lens is going to be right behind your pupil. Um, it is um, about 30% of your focus and ability is going to come from the lens area. And these over time can, you know, kind of yellow up, just like kind of newspaper does, and um, cause some issues. And they literally can be replaced. If you've ever heard of cataract surgery, that's what they're doing is taking that lens out and putting in another one. Um, we've got the vitreous humor, which is a larger body of fluid. It's kind of actually more like a jello consistency when jello has set and kind of wiggles. Um, and it gives the back of the eye the, the round shape that it actually has back there. And it's a thick 
uh, kind of uh, fluid um, behind the eye. Um, the retina is the coating that is in the back of the eye, and it's considered neural tissue, like your brain tissue is going to be. And like, remember, we talked about the cochlea um, was, was neural tissue as well. So if you have damage to your retina, that's actually not going to regenerate. So if you have a tear or something there, um, they can patch it pretty, if you catch it really, really quickly. Um, if you don't catch it quickly, then you're in for some troubles and obviously great vision problems. All right, so here is your eye, and you'll see all those parts there. We're just going to walk through them. You can see that we here we're looking at a, a, a pansy, um, and if you'll note that it's fairly large, and if, as it goes to the very back of the eye, it's upside down, and then your brain's going to turn it right side up. It's pretty impressive. All right, so you'll see um, if you kind of go to the right from the pansy to the, those words that are there, you'll see that we start kind of with ligament iris. You'll see the aqueous humor, which is kind of right under that major part of the eye before the colored part of your eye. Um, the pupil is that opening within the iris. The iris is your colored part of your eye, um, blue or brown or whatever. The lens you can see is right behind that pupil, um, fairly large. And again, that's replaceable if we need to pop that out. And they actually, when they do cataract surgery, they can pop your lens back in there with your prescription in it. Um, so for a while, you know, you may not need glasses. Um, the cornea you can see is kind of covering all of the eyes, that sort of pinky looking thing. And it covers from the very bottom to the very top. All right, so it's a big section, you know, that um, covers our eye. Um, and then you'll look in the middle where the orange is. That's your vitreous humor. You can see there are some blood vessels that kind of go up in there. Um, the retina is down on the bottom there, and it's the yellow um, that's kind of coating all the way from the top, round the back, and then up to the bottom. Um, again, you want that to stay intact. And then you'll see an optic nerve, and there's actually a little blind spot there. Um, and that will take the information of that pansy. Um, or whatever you're looking at, um, to your brain so that your brain will process that.